Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to talk about a $290 billion e commerce trend that is sweeping through Northeast Asia, but hasn't taken off in the US or Europe. Well, at least not yet. You and I are going to sit down with Masa Shimizu, founder and CEO of Zeals, and we're going to talk about chat commerce. Now, Masa will explain the structural reasons that this has been so popular in Japan, China, and Korea, and why it's about to take off in the West. And it's not just Masa and me saying so. Zeals just raised $39 million to fund their U.S. expansion. So this is a trend you need to know about. We also talk a lot about the Japanese concept of omotenashi, which is usually translated as hospitality. And yeah, kind of. I mean, that's probably the closest word we have for it in English. But there's more to it than that. It's a kind of obsession and a giving of yourself honestly and wholeheartedly to make your guests comfortable and satisfied. It's kind of a satisfaction and happiness that you get from making your guests happy. <laughs> so, Masa and I talk about a motenashi, about a structural change coming to global social network platforms, how we can get more Japanese startups to go global, and why the third-party cookie ban means the death of retargeting and the birth of the chat commerce boom. But you know, Masa tells that story much better than I can. So let's get right to the interview. I'm sitting here with Masa Shimizu, the founder and CEO of Zeals, who is a driving force behind chat commerce. So thanks for sitting down with us. Thank you for uh, reaching out. To start out with, what is chat commerce? Chat commerce is next e-commerce innovation. So on e-commerce website, many people feel concerned to purchase online, especially expensive items or complex items. We can support the communication experience, and we believe this is Omotenashi experience. Omotenashi is Japanese word, uh, which means hospitality. It's very exciting and uh, helpful experience, I think. So when you're talking about chat commerce, is this interaction over social media? Is this interaction over like chat at corporate websites? What's the main channel where this conversation is taking place? Mainly is SNS. In Japan case, Line platform is most important because many people use this platform. And as a country, as a channel is very important. Example, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, WeChat, and Instagram, and so on. Okay, that, that makes, and it's funny, people coming into the Japanese market often underestimate the importance that line plays in, in social media in Japan. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's, let's walk through an example from the, from the customer's point of view. 
So would a consumer start out by just saying, um, you know, I'd really like a new pair of shoes. Does anyone have any advice? How, how does the interaction start? That point is website or in Instagram case, Instagram story, in feed post or advertisement. So user watch advertisement and click this typical e-commerce experience jump website. But chat commerce case, user watch advertisement and click this jump chat experience and communication and understand item and buy item from chat. Well, that makes sense because in that way, it's maintaining this social network experience rather than having to transition to an e-commerce experience or a website experience. Yes, yes. So this chat commerce experience have been invented and spread from Asian market. It's very unique progress, I think. Later on, I really want to dig down on, on why this seems to be so unique to Asia. But right now, like just understanding the flow. So it's, we keep the user, the potential consumer in a social media framework in a mindset. And are they chatting with a chat bot or are they chatting with people or is it a combination of the two? How does that work? Important questions. It's very simple. Only chatbot. First timing we provide chatbot and uh, personal chat, we, we provide both, but we step-by-step step focus on chatbot experience through smart reply. This new experience we invented from now on, more and more companies focus on only chatbot experience. That makes sense from the consumer point of view, but you've got over 400 businesses using Zeals now. Tell me about your customers. Why are they using it? What's a typical use case? Uh, example, NTT Docomo, the biggest telecom company in Japan, and uh, Asahi Beer, the top beverage company in Japan, and uh, recently SD Roda, Mac Cosmetic, and enterprises interested in these areas. Before Zeus, many enterprises focus on chatbot for customer support, so inbound areas, FAQ, and answer only. But we have opened up outbound area make conversion through chatbot experience so so i agree chatbots in general tend to be viewed as customer support or maybe some i don't know very light pre-sales at the website type of thing yes what what did you do to change that into a more sales focused commerce focused application uh, important background. Uh, one point is third-party cookie ban. So retargeting advertisement from now on decreasing. From now on, retargeting marketing will be uh, limited by platformers. That's a really good point. And, and for our listeners who are not involved with e-commerce, retargeting is when you, you'll visit a site and then you'll see banner ads and, and display ads for that site for the next two weeks everywhere you go. And it's, it's a, it can be a little creepy, but it's, it's very effective. <laughs> yes, or retargeting advertisement is very important for making conversion for any e-commerce customers. So many e-commerce customers have big concern what service they will use. About chat commerce, we 
don't use third-party cookie, but we can continually communicate with users through chat commerce. So third-party cookie ban is a, a big reason many companies starting to use chat commerce. And second point, Line and Instagram and so on invested a lot of money to grow this account. But now those accounts cannot make actual sales. Only branding, engagement, it's great, but cannot make conversion or sales. So if I'm understanding correctly, so one of the big advantages of chat commerce is that once a user initiates that conversation, they initiate that chat, you have a direct connection to them, either via Facebook Messenger or via Line Messenger. And so you don't need the retargeting and you don't need to pay Facebook to promote your post. You, you have that direct connection. Am I understanding it right? Yeah. Our strong point uh, is three points. One point is huge conversational insight data for next level marketing. And the second is communication design specialist team to making a great conversational experience. And the third point is paper performance fee business model. So client use this with no risk. So many case clients have already line accounts or Instagram accounts, and we will connect with chat commerce. All right. I, I really want to dive into the overall market and the technology. But before we do that, I want to ask a little about you. So you started Zeals back in 2014 when you were still a student, right? Yeah. Yeah, originally you were focused on like robotics or it, you were doing something different. So I established Jails when I was a university student in 2014. And the first project was to develop a robot. But to be honest, we couldn't make this business profitable. This project needed a lot of money. We're very robotics is money. so hard. So, I mean, yes, yes, very complex. was there any one problem or it was just you didn't know what you were doing kind of first startup? Yeah, so I think it's crazy, <laughs> fast project. <laughs> yeah, but we learned many things through this project and we transformed robotics technology into communication technology on smartphone and chat. Yeah, so you pivoted just a couple of years ago in like 2019 to the chatbots. But before that, like when you were at university, what kind of support did you get from the university? Did they help you on your startup journey? What was that like? Ah, yeah, definitely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's one of the most interesting things in Japan is the level of support that new founders get at different universities. So at the University of Tokyo or Keio or Kyoto. Yeah. There's this huge amount of mentoring and funding support, but you went to a Meiji University, right? Yeah. So 2014, uh, it's nothing. And maybe Tokyo, Keio, and so on. Recently, more support, for, I think. I wish we get support by university, but nothing. <laughs> um, so in, in 
2019, as you mentioned, you made that that pivot to chatbots, and and you recently raised 39 million dollars. So congratulations. Thanks. It's very tough, but Salesforce Ventures and the JIC Gross Venture Investment, they are sovereign fund invested in JROS. It's very important for growing JROS and conversational commerce market, I think. I think so. And I'm curious about one aspect of the fundraising. So you raised uh, about $27 million in, in equity sales and $11 million in debt. Yeah. And so these structures I always find really interesting. So what was the motivation for doing the 11 million in debt instead of doing it all in equity financing? In Japan, step-by-step become normal or, of course, equity finance is very important. And Mitsubishi and Mitsui and Mizuho and so on, Megabank can loan the combination with equities. Those banks wanted to combine equity finance with debt loans. I think it's good collaboration. It is interesting. We have seen more and more of this type of financing in Japan, this mixed financing. But in your case, it was driven by the investors wanting to structure it this way rather than you and the team wanting to structure it this way. Mm, yeah. Like you said, TechCrunch editor said it's a unique scheme. In Japan, step-by-step, those scheme, those scheme, or little by little, I think. Yeah, there's definitely been seeing a growing trend at, at later stage investments. Yeah. So that's, that is interesting. Yes. Hey, let's get back to talking about the Japan market and chat commerce. Yeah. If I'm going to throw some statistics at you. So chat commerce globally was a $41 billion market in 2021. It's expected to grow to 290 billion by 2025. Yeah. Now that's awesome. Yeah. But China, Japan, South Korea account for more than 90% of the entire chat commerce market. Yeah. Why? <laughs> this is, I mean, this works. It's converting. <laughs> There's so much commerce being done here. Why is it just Japan, China, and South Korea? Yeah, it's a very exciting point. First, WeChat invented this area, social commerce, live commerce, and chat commerce. And uh, meta opposite WeChat. Uh, WeChat became super app, but meta separated those apps. Example, first timing, Facebook app included Messenger. But Facebook separated messenger apps and uh, Instagram, WhatsApp separated. But WeChat application include all applications, so-called super app. And uh, Line have tracked this WeChat uh, economies. And uh, in Korean market have neighbor. Neighbor is near Line platform. And neighbor also tracked WeChat. So WeChat is uh, origin and uh, line platform and neighbor. Okay, so it was it was really just the dominance, the solid WeChat platform in in China and uh, well, and rest of Asia to a lesser extent, and the the solid line platform in Japan and South Korea that's driving it. Yes. 
So this super app have a very big power and influence for e-commerce companies, especially China market and Japan market and Korean market connect social commerce and uh, chat commerce on those super app is very important strategy for next level marketing because third-party cookie bank and many e-commerce companies decrease investment on Google or search engine. So more and more focus on super app. So is, is this something that you think will work overseas? So like one of the things when you announced the investment, you, you talked about the fact that you'd be using these new funds partially for international expansion. So obviously you think this will work overseas too, right? Yeah, definitely. So now China and Japan and Koreans already have the product and the new economy of these areas, I think. In US, example, today I met McKinsey US team, uh, social commerce or uh, SNS marketing department. They said, it's very unique and from now on in US market, there will be many case studies and uh, this market uh, will spread from now on. So now Research Institute predicted a chat commerce market mainly in Asia market. But I think this experience can expand US or Europe or other areas, I think. Okay. so like. Before COVID, you guys were doing a little bit of business. You had some business in Taiwan and Thailand and, and the Philippines, these Asian, Southeast Asian countries. Is that your target for international expansion now? Or are you looking more at the U.S. and European markets? To be honest, I already decided to expand our business to the U.S. market. So I went to the U.S. during one month and I met many potential customers and investors and competitors. This product is very unique and uh, uh, potential clients said they were very excited and uh, it's now. Uh, so Instagram and so, uh, SNS platform will connect with chat commerce and social commerce from now on in US. So I already decided. But Asia market is also very exciting. Let, let me push back on that a bit because I, I see this challenge that you pointed out earlier is if the reason for chat commerce success in China, Korea, Japan has been the dominance of these chat focused SNS platforms like WeChat and Line. And the US, you know, Facebook, Instagram, it's not chat focused. It's not chat dominant. So how are you going to fix that? How are you going to get around that? Yeah. So why? Yeah. So why? Yeah. And this is a very interesting question. Thank you. Like you said, until last year, the same situation. Instagram didn't open API. So we couldn't provide a conversational commerce experience on Instagram and the meta platforms. But last year, meta said, Next e-commerce innovation will be conversational commerce, so or like chat commerce, and uh, open the API of um, Instagram. This is really recently. So from that one, we can provide chat commerce experience on Instagram. So I guess what I want to ask is, so when, when I'm using Line 
or, or WeChat, my brain is in kind of chat mode, right? I'm chatting with a person. Yeah. And when I'm using Instagram or, or Facebook or Twitter, I'm more in like a scroll mode, right? I, I'm not like thinking of interacting with one person. So do you think that Facebook, Instagram is going to become more chat-like? Or do you think that it's just a big enough platform that this chat commerce will packed it? Yes, yes, yes. How users use the experience. For example, Mac Cosmetic Instagram account, they have 24 million followers. It's very huge. And they often post a story and the user watch this and click this and jump website. This is basically Instagram experience, but if they connect Jiros, we provide new experience. User watch story and reply, start to communicate with users on Instagram chat. Very smooth and example, what your skin tones and several questions, very easy and personalized suggestion for user. I can certainly see how that would be a much more engaging personal experience. And, and I noticed you've got a lot of cosmetic companies in your, in your portfolio. Uh, it seems like health and beauty is a great target. Yeah, already it's a L'Oreal, Seido, Estirola, top of the uh, world uh, cosmetic companies uh, use, use, already use. In, in this kind of chat commerce, the consumers who are chatting, do they always know they're talking to a bot or do they sometimes think they're talking to a person? In fact, users reply free text case under 0.1%, very few. That's interesting because how does Japanese natural language processing compare to the state of the art in English language or in, in Chinese? Yes, 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 yes. yes. So, uh, Tim, uh, important questions. So, our experience is smart reply. So, smart replies, user select button and connect next scenarios. So, those smart reply scenario based experience are very important for chat commerce, I think. Yeah, and the smart reply is very unique. Other countries' chat experience is mainly free text. Right, okay, okay. I, I want to go back to the global expansion, going global, uh, which is something people talk about so much in Japan among Japanese startups. But why do you think it is that still relatively few Japanese startup founders want to go global? My ambition is Omotenashi uh, revolution from Japan to the world. So I want to expand the global market, improve or uh, raise Japan presence for global market. So this question is important. To be honest, uh, investors affect this global expansion. To be honest, in Jiro's case, someone of investors said stop have to stop okay so the japanese investors are the ones discouraging founders from global expansion so in japan case there is very few case study to expand the global market so my hypothesis is investor maybe said to interrupt expansions or uh, 
not invest. So the, the investors, a lot of investors think there's no good case studies of Japanese startups going overseas. So they don't want the startups going overseas. It's kind of a chicken and egg problem, really, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so most important, we have to make case study, success case study to expand uh, the global market, especially the US market, I think. So we try to do IPO in NASDAQ until three years. There have been nothing to IPO in NASDAQ by tech startup from Japan. All right. So hopefully Zeals will be one of the first case studies of, of success in the U.S. Yes, yes. And uh, if we do this, many investors will change strategy. So entrepreneurs have the passion or motivation to expand the global market. But investors are not so many to have this motivation. But if we will do, we change totally thinking of investors, I think. I think so too. I, th I think the mindset of the founders has changed much, much more quickly than the mindset of Japanese investors. Mm, yeah. So now if a startup entrepreneur said, we will do IPO, so investor feel Okay, you will do IPO on topics. So Tokyo Stock Market Exchange. It's free now, but in the future, if entrepreneur said, we will do IPO oh, on NASDAQ. Do you see that changing? I mean, I've, I've seen, do you, do you see more Japanese investors being open to international expansion? Mm, yeah. I, so have you ever talked with investors? Oh, many times, all the time. Many times, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you feel about investors' global expansion inside? I think our experiences are very similar. Most Japanese VCs are fairly conservative as far as VCs go. Doing a market entry, particularly in a market like the US, it takes a lot of capital, it involves a lot of risk. You're not going to be making money from it for a while. So I think most Japanese VCs, they, they view this as like, well, why are we taking on all this risk when we could have a nice safe IPO in two years mm -hmm. and exit <laughs> our position? And yeah, I, I hear the same thing that you're, you're saying. But I, I think it's changing. I think more and more Japanese VCs are becoming open to the idea of global expansion. Some of them are even encouraging it. Yes, yes. So please encourage venture capital. You should invest strategy to global expansions and the uh, startups. Well, I will do my job on my side telling VCs to invest and, and you do your job on your side becoming a role model by a big successful IPO on NASDAQ. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. I, I think it totally change in the future. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Listen, Masa, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, me too. And we're back. The more I think about chat commerce, the more excited I get about it. Right now is clearly very early days and advances in machine learning, AI, and natural language processing are going to completely transform how chat commerce works over the next couple of years. 
But at its core, this is a new kind of online advertising. Not, not because of the technology, but because of the channel. Chat, or actually messaging, is fundamentally different from display, search, video, email, or almost anything else we have today. The difference is that with chat, with messaging, you need to opt into the relationship with each individual advertiser. And you can disconnect and end that relationship at any time. With the users in control, the advertisers need to behave themselves. And the result is a much, much more enjoyable experience for the user. If you have any doubt about this at all, compare the user experience of Line to that of Facebook. Direct connection and opt-in incentivizes good behavior. And as we've seen, shares, clicks, and likes incentivize bad behavior. Of course, chat commerce won't work for top-of-the-funnel branding and awareness building, but, you know, that's, that's only a small part of most advertising budgets. So this might be the start of something genuinely new, and, and I sincerely hope it is. Not just because I hope Masa and the Zeals team are hugely successful in their U.S. market entry and hit their IPO target, but because I think it would be amazing if Japan could help start an advertising revolution. A new kind of advertising that is based not on inserting ads between the users and their desired destination, but one based on, well, based on a motenashi based on building and maintaining productive, satisfying relationships. That would be a much better world. If you want to talk more about chat commerce or omotenashi, Masa and I would love to hear from you. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash show195, leave a comment, and let's talk about it. And hey, if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. Share a link on social or, you know, just tell a friend about it. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.